Hello and welcome to another episode of Building Success, a real estate podcast. My name is Nick, and once again, we're going to be diving into COVID-19 and its effects on real estate. Today specifically, I want to talk about how we go about reopening many of these buildings and properties that have been vacant for weeks at this point, but there does seem to be some light at the end of the tunnel in terms of legislature across the globe in opening up business establishments. And whether that is a retail shop you may own, maybe it's a property management office that has been going virtual for the last couple of weeks, what are some of the things that need to be considered before we go about opening things back up again? And I think a lot of people over the years spend plenty of time thinking about their financial situation, um, think about how to deal with operational crises. But, you know, you make business plans to overcome those, but the health crises are something that I don't think most businesses uh, take into account and typically probably rely on outside sources for guidance. Um, but the decisions now are so different from area to area, from legislature to legislature. If you own a business and you're being told that your doors can open once again, what are some of the things that you can do, maybe even proactively, in order to make sure that you're not only keeping people safe, your employees, your ultimate customers or tenants, but also ways that it may, by all accounts, put you ahead of the competition when you do reopen your doors because you're taking those steps that many people find necessary nowadays um, in order to go about their daily lives because this is, by all accounts, a crisis that won't end completely anytime soon. So today I want to focus on the commercial side of the real estate industry. Obviously on the residential side, people are still occupying their apartments, but you know, the property management office as a commercial entity, I think we also want to take a look at that retail locations, what's being done in that space and in, in ways that we can go back into business and maybe even find ways that we can put ourselves ahead of the competition. And even looking at the landlords, those that are owning shopping complexes or, or shopping malls uh, with common area maintenance, I think there's a lot of things that have to be considered now in this new normal. What is the best way to ensure that you're prepared when these shelter-in-place orders are lifted, when your doors are allowed to be opened, because obviously you want to get back to work as soon as possible. You want to be providing and making income as soon as possible. What are some of those things that you should probably consider? I think at a high level, the office and the maintaining your businesses, coming back to a business as usual no longer exists. We won't be flipping a switch and going back to 100% occupancy of your commercial buildings and having the free flowing of people coming in and out and bumping into each other. From a personal perspective, I don't think people actually want to be that close to each other. And you certainly can't infringe upon people and force them to kind of live in that dynamic if that's not how they want to they want to go about their business. So social distancing shouldn't dissolve when the shelter-in-place orders are lifted. And I think Obviously, that's the number one priority for people right now is, is finding that space between each other. But also, there are ways that you can kind of proactively create an organization or a system for people to be able to feel comfortable within the quarters of your business operations. This is where I think a COVID response team is very important. Uh, your business is facing plenty of hardships, and 
personally, your employees and your colleagues are facing a lot of hardships. And I think everybody's different perspectives coming together to build what your COVID response plan is becomes very important. And this isn't something that should just be held to the executive level because a lot of your employees are dealing with personal effects of this this crisis. They are even feeling different ways about how it should be handled at a public policy level. I think hearing what they have to say is as important as kind of the the top-down business executive decisions that are being made. Because ultimately, they're, with their feet on the ground, are as close to some of the mindsets of your customers or your tenants uh, as you can get at this point. So getting a group together to decide what the best approach is amongst all the different facets of reopening your business is extremely important and probably a key to making sure everybody's aligned. Because one thing that you're seeing, especially in the news, is a lot of people that are working in meat processing plants and places that are being forced to work and don't particularly enjoy the guidelines that their businesses are setting are going to the public and they're complaining. And that's going to be terrible for your business if you have your own employees kind of against you and against the thought of reopening your business. So getting everybody involved is a key to that. And let's talk about the employees and maybe starting with the occupier's perspective here, you need to assure your employees that they're working in a safe environment. And how, how do you do that when things are changing? Well, you know, considering new cleaning services, um, allocating resources to keeping things cleaned on a regular scheduled basis uh, to make people feel safe. Um, is a way that you can balance their own fears about safety and everything that's happening with the coronavirus, but also with their need to want to get back to work as well. And, you know, what's what's funny is typically from a cleaning schedule perspective, the only time you'd ever see that at a business maybe would be when you go to a bathroom and you can see when when the last cleaning has occurred. But you start to do that from a front door perspective. This is when everything has been sanitized. You can now not only assure your employees, but also ensure your customers that everything within that space has been safely sanitized at a you know common interval, which I think is really big. The other thing as an occupier of a retail space is considering what the actual business needs to look like uh, in the new normal. So obviously a lot of businesses have tried to conform to a work from home model and have found that advantageous. But, you know, with business as usual changing, I think it's really time to start considering the way that your business actually operates. So if you own a retail shop, do all of the functions that typically took place within that retail store still need to occur within those four walls? So the customer service component, is that something that can be digitized? Um, returns. And really, the big piece, space for inventory. I think that's where things are really starting to shift and change. And we're seeing this on the grocery store front, where now we're starting to turn to a carryout or a curbside pickup model. There's no reason why we can't start to see that shift happen in the retail space as well. Typically, a large portion of the actual space has been um, made available to a customer to be able to walk to see all of the inventory of the shop. But is that necessary now in this new normal for people to be able to see every piece of inventory 
right there in front of them, five to 10 to 20 of one particular item. Maybe this turns into a model. And this is something I've discussed uh, with Shlomo Chop in an episode uh, a couple of months back, the, the retail model becoming more of a service. And the front end, which maybe only now takes up 20% of your storefront, has just all of the items that you can possibly choose from and select all in one location that's easily to maneuver. Maybe you create you know, one flowing system, much like the grocery stores where you don't want two people going down opposite ends of the aisle. Uh, and all of the inventory then sits in the back. That inventory now, you know, is not being touched by multiple people. It's not being looked at and perused. You have one display model that you have to keep sanitized in the front, and the back becomes a fulfillment center. So now half of your employees can work in the back and not have to deal with customers, not have to worry about that interaction, and can focus specifically on a task that maybe even creates a a curbside pickup of whatever it is that they've decided to purchase within your retail establishment. There are ways to start to to reshift and focus and reconfigure your, your retail spaces in order to maximize now, not only safety, but also productivity and creating a new model for shopping. And from a social perspective, it could be something that your customers start to latch onto. They start to promote. It can put you ahead of your competition while at the same time ensuring that you have safety. So speaking of safety, if we move from the retail side to the property management office, the residential side, uh, you also need to start to reevaluate the different face-to-face interactions that you actually have with your residents and your tenants. So obviously there are ways that you can do things like providing maintenance requests uh, digitally or virtually, being able to send things via text message to show pictures of problems versus having to meet face-to-face. Some of those things obviously are having to happen right now currently, but as you start to move forward and have property management offices open again, What happens with package pickup? Does it still require a property manager to go into a closet and to hand over a package when the tenant comes to visit and ask for it? Um, Because that interaction may not be something that you want to have anymore. Um, Do you have a locker system, which on its face is good because it it reduces that face-to-face interaction, but now is that system being cleaned regularly because multiple people are coming in and touching those things? Uh, Is there a secure way to prevent contact, um, to provide, you know, maybe a personalized delivery system now where instead of the packages being in the closet, it's extra work for the property manager, but they start to put those at people's doorsteps. And in that process, you know, they've reduced other face-to-face contact and interaction that used to take up more of their time. Things like that have to be considered now because your residents and tenants are trying and expecting to have as little interaction with people that they don't need to see as possible and little shifts, little mind shifts in ways that we do that can really make a big impact. So I also want to talk about the landlord perspective. And I spoke last week about landlords and tenants for both commercial and residential units uh, needing to have conversations now. And a lot of that was with the whole rent deferment, rent abatement conversation Um, But one thing that's really interesting to consider here, um, regardless of which side of the transaction you're on, is the responsibility for reconfiguring space or for making space safer for people. And obviously, there's a lot of contractual obligations when when it comes down to common area maintenance. 
uh, when you're talking shopping malls and in all of the different areas that maybe the landlord has responsibility of versus the tenant, uh, there's still a bit of uncharted territory now when it comes to updating and improving physical spaces. Because what I've been saying in terms of you as an occupier or a retailer, that's your own personal decision that how you want to operate to best impact your customers. But now, because so so much uncertainty is is provided in terms of what you need to do and how much you need to do, if there's a difference of opinion between what the landlord feels he has to do to keep the common area safe and what you're doing within the retail establishment, there can be conflict because people may not want to go to a shopping mall that they don't feel is as safe as the individual units that are there within it. So depending on what it is that's happening, I think a conversation, again, between the landlords and tenants is crucial here because it's unchartered tenant, uh, territory. It's to the benefit you know, of both parties to be able to come together and discuss what this long-term new normal might look like. And that may even involve you having to revisit the agreement and updating what the structure may be. Um, because, you know, with some of these mandates coming down, especially ones, and let's, let's talk about office space for a minute. Uh, a landlord has a given space that they've rented out to an office, but if the, the new office can't work within the confines of the structure of that office space, uh, they can't keep to, you know, less than 10 people. Maybe there is reevaluation of how the structure is built. Um, some of the things that the landlord may be responsible for in terms of walls and offices and cubicle style spaces, that stuff may need to be revisited now because the landlord may not be able to rent out some of those spaces given the open floor plans, which, you know, obviously have been a big push um, aesthetically over the last probably 10 years. Uh, now there may be a need or a desire to go back to that cube farm model for, for a safety perspective. So there's, there's got to be conversations there. Who's responsible for the upkeep, the maintenance, and even the reconfiguration of office spaces, which is, which is really interesting and could prove to be a new negotiation tactic when it comes to bringing up new commercial leases or renewals uh, between landlords and tenants. So landlords on the retail side, we've, we've already talked about the shopping malls and some of the common area maintenance stuff, but also think about things like food courts. Places where there's a lot of people, uh, there's food, which already has contamination issues from a cooking perspective, but now people may be afraid um, of having all of this, this cooking and stuff all happening in the same space. Will the food court of the future still look like it does today? Or maybe it becomes something of a, of a food truck model moving forward, where things are more self-contained in a self-sanitized space uh, that could take the place of open-air food courts. These things have to be evaluated by the landlord in order for them to be able to maintain a consistency of occupancy with the, with the tenants that they have, because so many of them right now are struggling, especially some of the smaller um, non-chain uh, local retailers, the ones that are in some of these shared spaces, until they, they find a solution and get that traffic back to their stores, um, may, may really start to struggle, and then you're going to need to find new tenants to fill those spaces. So finding avenues for people to want to come to your property becomes paramount. Again, it matters to the tenant that things are safe so customers are happy. It should also matter to the landlord of these retail spaces that have these common areas 
to want to make sure that they're as not only as attractive as they can be, which has always been the case, but now also safe as well. One other really interesting thing I feel like landlords may not be considering at this point uh, is utilities. Um, and for for many of these properties, and again, let's let's go back to the shopping mall or even the office example. Uh, some of these buildings have been closed, and things like running water, heat, electric, they've typically always run on a constant and consistent basis in many instances for years, if not decades. And now some of these these things have slowed slowed down, and you know maybe you need to consider flushing out your water systems, reevaluating your HVAC units, making sure all of that stuff when you turn everything back on and start running things, you know, from before which was just at a at a minimal capacity to full capacity when things open back up, there's uh there's a great possibility that some of those things may not work exactly as they did before. So, everything kind of slowed down and you know, you save some money on the utilities bills side of things, but as soon as things start to kick back up again, there's definitely a need and a desire probably to make sure all of those systems are back in place and back in working order. Because the last thing you want is to have any issues or situations where the tenants who have put all of this effort into getting everything back open and everything safe for the customers to then not be able to actually utilize that space as they had you know, originally intended because things like utilities hadn't been considered. So one thing I, I do want to mention here, and it's something I really I haven't touched on because all of these changes are good and, and everybody's probably in agreement that they need to happen. But how can they be made when we're currently under such financial constraints, right? Um, the reconfiguration of a property uh, or an individual office or store to make it easier for the customer and safer for the customer, that costs money, right? Sanitation efforts and abilities to keep places clean more so than they ever have before costs money. Uh, changing the way that we operate and interact with tenants, with customers, changing. And that's going to that's gonna cause a whole bunch of spent cost in employee training. All these costs have now become the new normal. And, you know, it's probably something that can't be avoided. Uh, however... Hopefully, some of these these new avenues might actually turn into cost savings. You go back to the example of the curbside pickup and the ability to streamline inventory, not having to constantly stock shelves, but having ways that you could easily get uh, product out to customers. Even, you know, again, going back to some previous episodes of this podcast, there's some new retail models where people may pick out an item in store and then same day ship maybe everything out from a centralized warehouse could become the new normal as well. So that way people don't have to have as much interaction with the inventory and everything can be done on a much more streamlined process. And most importantly, making these efforts before the competition obviously gives you a leg up and maybe gives you a little bit more market share than maybe you had previously because you're putting all of these things uh, into effect and considering all of these things well before maybe some of your competition might as well. So those are just some of the things uh, to consider when when looking to reopen your real estate, uh, whether that be commercial, whether that be residential, office, industrial, all of these different places have a new normal and a new way that we probably need to consider things. Uh, I 
got a lot of this information from some great resources, which I'm going to put in the show notes. Uh, So please take a look at those as well. They cover off a lot more than I did today. Uh, And let me know how how these podcasts, this new normal of the Building Success Show is going, if these are helpful and informative, as well as guests that you may want to hear from or topics that you want to hear about in reference to this whole COVID-19 pandemic and ways that real estate is changing for you and maybe changing for other people as well. So thank you for your time. And until next time, we'll catch you all later.